Welcome to podcast number 69 of Take Him With You for May 23rd, 2010. I'm Rick. And I'm Amy. This week on Take Him With You, we're going to talk about what I want for Father's Day, graduation, and more. We're also going to discuss the Survivor finale. That was kind of fun. Um, and believe it or not, Amy, I'm going to talk about House Hunters on International or House Hunters International on HGTV. No way. Yeah. Wow. You'll see. And then today's topic is the Good Book. What about the Bible? We're going to do a little bit of myth busting. Stick around. Meet Little Bit. Hello. She's a mechanical rat. What did you just call me? I'm a gerbot, thank you very much. I can't believe this guy. I agree to an interview and get insulted for my trouble. <clears throat> She's a gerbot. A robotic gerbil designed to be the perfect pet. Little Bit. I'm not a rat, and I don't want to belong to this bully anymore either. Oh, that's Denny. He's Little Bit's little master. Being his pet is boring. And he's annoying. This kid is always stuffing me into one of his smelly little pockets. Yeah, right. It's true! To top it off, I just realized last night that my exercise wheel doesn't actually go anywhere. And nobody on this spaceship can understand a single word I say. Ah, she's so cute when she chitters. Good little gerbot. Quit patting my head! <sighs> Gerbots are so adorable. Oh, uh, where was I? Join us as we follow Little Bit's journey aboard the Wisher's Wish in the short story Little Bit of Trouble, written by the Anomaly podcast Jan Rhodes. Hey, Mr. Brilliant, did you hear me? I just said this wheel doesn't actually go anywhere. How could anyone journey in this thing? Watch, I'll show you. Running, running, running. Keep these feet a-running, Gerbot. See, the wheel is moving, but I'm still in this stupid cage. Hmm, I wonder if it would go anywhere if I ran faster. Yeah! I promise, it's a wild ride. It's packed full of space pirates, mean big sisters, bratty little brothers. What? what? Space pirates? Where? Action, adventure, and suspense. This wheel can do all that? Cool! Faster feet! Move faster! Little bit of trouble. It's a robot love and space adventure for kids of all ages. Don't miss it. Coming soon to the Martians Are Here podcast.
And that's a fun story that Jan wrote. It was cool, huh? Yeah, it was cute. I, I think one thing that people need to know is I helped with the special effects. Well, I didn't really do them, but I helped you gather them. What do you mean? Well, we needed something that sounded like the the mouse spinning around. It's not a mouse. Oh, the okay, the gerbot. The gerbot. And, you know, like one of those little wheels. Exercise wheels, yes. And so I went around the house trying to find different things like can openers. And and we ended up finding my dad's old antique um, pencil, pencil sharpener. sharpener. Here it is. I mean, this is a really old pencil sharpener, but we, we still use it. What do you think? Yeah. I, I it's one of those it cool works. ones, the old metal ones, where you mm-hmm. actually set them down on the counter and then hit the button and pull it down. It suction cups it onto the... Not very well. Though. It's called vacuum hold. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't vacuum hold very well anymore. No, nah, it's old. It's, it's a very old... But yeah, but yeah, I, I have... Um, <clears throat> in all the years that Rick has done productions, I've been helping him behind the scenes with all of his productions, whether it's putting on a play or... Yes, you do. Audio drama, yes. It's it, you're you're quite the full time job. I am. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> to help you do your job. Thank you. Are you trying? To, I'm very needy. It's true. Without you, I I couldn't do it. Well, maybe you could, but you'd probably have to hire someone and pay them money. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, um, you can hear a little bit of trouble, or the I had to say the titles right on these things. Little Bit of Trouble by Jan Rhodes, produced by Stefan Sonnach. And uh, I did the music and did a bunch of different things. In fact, um, um, I, I should play some of the pirate music for everybody. Let's play some pirate music. I had to come up with like this space pirate theme to go along with the, the story because they're on a, a ship. Mm-hmm. And so here's my, my a little sample of it. Does that sound piratey? I, yeah, I kind of felt like I was on the open seas going on a treasure hunt or something. That's what you're supposed to feel, even though you're in space. Oh, because it's space pirates. Space pirates! Mm-hmm. Anyway, here's a little sample of the music from the show. You'll enjoy it. I guess I should turn it up so they can hear it. There's this one setting on the keyboard that you just you turn your entire keyboard into this this uh, like big huge drum, and then you just beat on it. So that's what I did for the drums. Oh, so that's what you're doing in here, banging on the keyboards for. That's what it was for. Yeah. So it gave it that more that uh, kind of. Okay, I'm not musical. Sorry. You well, you are. You're musical, all right. Not good musical though. 
You put yourself down way too much when it comes to music. You you like to sing. I know you do. Oh, yeah. I, I grew up in a church singing, and then I met you, and then I realized I didn't sing well. But I still like to sing. I don't even really know what to say to that, because that's not really nice. What do you mean? What do you mean you met me, and then you... I realized I don't sing well compared to you. Yeah, well, I don't sing well compared to Whitney Houston or somebody. That would sound weird if you sang like Whitney Houston. That's true. Of course, I have seen a couple of people on TV that are guys that can sing like that. Yeah, well, anyway. But not generally. Yeah. Anyway, we're talking about the music for the production. Anyway, we I did a whole bunch of different music for this particular one. Same as for uh, Once a Jolly Swagman. And I've got a new one coming up that everybody's really going to enjoy called Pyramid uh, that I'm uh, that a friend of mine wrote. And uh, Stefan is producing, and then I'm going to be doing the background music and stuff for it. Hmm. Is that a different one than you just did? Oh, yeah. That's yeah. This. this is my friend Mike from uh, mm-hmm. England that uh, wrote Fe- it. Feathers. Feathers. Mike Featherstone. Featherstone. He's a great writer. Fantastic. On Sci-Fi Forum, does he just go by Feathers? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay, so anyway, there you go. That's kind of something I've been working on. Let's talk about what's going on in our house because we already started that before we... Oh, okay. Yeah, so. I need to get to my Gmail real quick. And I need to turn on the Our House music. So here we go. So if you hear any weird sounds in the background while we're talking today, it is our pi- like pirate noises, like snoring and snorking and stuff. It actually is our dog. Yeah, she likes to be with us wherever we are. She's old. Mm-hmm. And my neighbor called her the senior citizen dog yesterday. Yeah, she helped you guys fix a pipe. Yeah, we had a, had a, a pipe, pipe break. Um, well, not break. Well, we found we thought it was broken, but what it really was, it had come unspliced. Yeah. Anyway, our water line goes through the neighbor's property because our house is the oldest house on the block. And they decided to park a a camper over the top of our water line. Over the top of the water line, and it didn't do well with the water line. Well, the pressure from it hit the dirt, and it split the the, the, uh, splice apart. Mm -hmm. And so we saw this water standing in the neighbor's yard, and we thought, that could be the reason our water... uh, Water bill doubled. Mm-hmm. And it was right in line with the meter at the end of the lane. So we kind of, yeah. We figured. Yeah. So hopefully our water bill will go down now. Yeah, I think it will. And, you know, Andrew helped me. He's such a great kid. He came in. Uh, uh, he didn't want to, but he did. He got all muddy yesterday. But he. Yeah, I had to throw away some towels that I found outside this morning. Throw away? I put them up on the thing to dry so we could uh, wash them. Oh, I'm not putting those in the washing machine. Do you know how how muddy they were? They were disgusting. Well, you could have cleaned them outside. Uh, They were old rags anyway. Well, anyway, I'm glad he got that instead of your good towels. Yeah. So um, Tess sat there the entire time, and our neighbor came over. He... Uh, we have a really we have awesome neighbors, and uh, mm-hmm. he's just really good at doing water stuff because he works for a water department. Mm-hmm. So anyway, he came over and helped us get it all spliced back together. And Tess, she was sitting there, and she call, he called her a senior citizen dog. She's just a good, faithful old dog. But now, whenever she sleeps, she makes these grunting, and she snores louder than uh, well, louder than you do. I don't snore much. No, you don't. Actually, I'm the one that snores. You don't really snore at all. Yeah, I do sometimes. Well, Tess snores louder. Anyway, Mm -hmm. um, 
all that to say it was so funny because we, in order for, we thought we lost our dog a couple of years ago mm-hmm. or a year ago or no, it was it a couple was, of years ago now. Yeah. It was the 4th of July before last one. So it was yeah. coming up on two years ago. And uh, she got really sick and she couldn't walk very well. And, and she was getting all sore and everything. And we were like, oh no, she's going to die. We don't want you, her to die. You fed her chicken noodle soup and bagels. I did on the couch at three in the morning. Yeah. Because I was really concerned she was going to kick the bucket and I would have to figure out how to get her out to my truck. I think it, I think the chicken soup, you know, in, in New York, they call it Jewish penicillin. <laughs> they do. Can't even believe you said that. No, I mean, no. Doc- Did you just say they call it Jewish penicillin? Jewish doctors call it Jewish penicillin. Uh, okay. Yeah, because chicken soup is good for the body. It's like has stuff that makes you healthy. Well, anyway, I fed it to, in a spoon to my dog who couldn't move. And she started to come out of it, and then uh, we found this vitamin at Walmart called, uh, what is it called, Glucosamine Joint Care? Mm-hmm. And we started giving her that, and you have to do that every single day. You give her two, two little pills. And they stink like liver. Yeah, they do really stink, and she doesn't really like them, but I've convinced her that they're good for her. Yes, we have to say, yum, 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 eat Think. this, Tess. <laughs> and, that's, and that's hilarious coming out of my wife. <laughs> But you should hear it come out of me. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we have to bribe our dog to take her vitamins. And, and here's the funny part. She won't eat them. If I if I give her a little taste of breakfast or my breakfast or something like that before I give her her vitamins, oh, yeah. she won't eat the vitamins no. because no. she knows I have a dog that has actually a discerning palate. And she won't take them for our house sitter. If Yeah, the house sitter can't. If, if yeah. we're gone, she won't take the vitamins. No, we have to. She only does it out of a submissive, submissive kind of thing for us because she loves us so much. But she doesn't even realize that they're helping her so much. Yeah, they, they do help her. She can Now she can get around. She's still pretty stiff, but not as bad. Yeah, she, she had a hard time for a while getting upstairs or getting onto the couch. <laughs> like anybody really wants to know about our dog's arthritis. <laughs> I know. We've stooped to an all-time low on taking with you. Okay, well, why don't we go on then? So what do you want for Father's Day? Father's Day's coming up. Oh, well, I know exactly what I want. Okay, what can I afford that you want? It's only a, really all together probably about $600, uh-huh. which I know I'm not going to get, but here's what I want. Okay. I want that star generator. That puts stars on our ceiling. It's really cool. It's a laser-generated star machine. I thought you were going to say you wanted an iPad. That's next. That the the laser star generator we get for about one hundred and twenty-five. But now that my friend Richard, it's your fault, Richard Pete, your fault, and Joby from the forums and everybody else who's drooling all over their iPads. Anyway, um, he told me it's just a fantastic machine. He's got one now, and he doesn't even use his netbook anymore. And that, you know, I use my netbook all the time, basically for what I could use on the iPad. But on the iPad, it's a much cooler device, and so I could do a lot more on it. So, anyway, so those are the two things I want for Father's Day, which is kind of more expensive than we yeah, can afford. I I think so. Um, I bought myself the um, deluxe edition of Galaxy Quest on DVD. You did? When huh? When was this? Yesterday. It's sitting right there underneath my strawberries. Oh, Galaxy Quest. What was that again? Remember, it was the spoof on Star Trek with Tim Allen. Oh, yeah. I remember that. And Monk that was in now. it. Yeah. Tony the... Shalhoub. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that was a pretty stupid movie. Sigourney Weaver. It was a very st- stupid movie. But... Well, it was supposed to be a stupid yeah. movie. Anyway, Galaxy Quest Deluxe Edition is mine. It's right there. But we hardly ever watch DVDs anymore. It's true. 
So I don't know why you get them. But anyway, let's go on. I so, don't get very many. It's only five bucks. Oh, well, hey, happy Father's Day. <laughs> Just kidding. So um, anyway, I, you know, I, I've said I wanted to wait until I get to the second edition of the iPad comes out. Yeah. But I, the more I'm thinking about it, the more I really like the idea. And then if you got one of those, when you upgrade your phone in December, mm-hmm. if you got the one that we could get Wi-Fi with. Yeah, I need that for work so I don't have to be stuck at home with my laptop. I so then I could buy the, the cheaper um, Wi-Fi version of the iPad. And I wouldn't have to get the 3G one where you pay $30 a month. Have you have you noticed that they have something out now that's a 4G? Do you, do you know about that? I saw a commercial that... I think for, it's an advertising campaign. I don't think it can go much faster than 3G. Well, there's this commercial that yeah. you can get 4G. Not around here you can't. We live in Timbuktu. Oh, because it, it says it'd be for your home. We live on the ends of the earth. It says it's for your home and away. I mean, we get, ex- we get excited when a fast so. food restaurant comes into town that's how far we live away from things well, we've got a couple fast food restaurants but yeah we don't have a wendy's no we don't it's okay less fattening all right so we're we did father's day and you're so just you know what i to, want now uh, huh? yeah you're, you're gonna have to be praying for increase in our finances but um <laughs> Well, that was nice. But, um, but anyway. Actually, be honest with you. I really have everything I need. I don't really need anything. So Yeah. On to graduation. But, but thank you. I appreciate that. Graduation. graduation. Wow. We have a big thing coming up. Yeah. Just got uh, Andrew's graduation announcements done, which mm-hmm. he hates. Well, you know, he doesn't like any pictures of himself. So he's... So I made a really cool one. Yeah. I'll put it in the notes. It's really cool. Yeah. Looking. I think it looks really nice. So, um. And our phone's ringing now. Of course it is. It always does when but, we do it. But recording. yeah, we're we're planning a um, little graduation party for family and a few of his friends to come over um, the day after graduation. And now he's graduating with honors. Yes. He's got his little honor tassels that you put on the the mm-hmm. um, the what do you call that? The robe you put it on the top of the robe, mm-hmm. and then he's got his tassel and his hat. Does he have that yet? Yeah. He's got everything he needs to graduate. Okay. And then he's graduating from a very special program. He did high school and college at the same time. Mm-hmm. So and he did explain his last that a two. Bit. He um, completed his last two years of high school and his um, his first two years of college. Well, actually for him, he did a two-year degree. So um, he has an associate of... Carpentry? T- or technology or something. Yeah. Carpentry Technologies. He has an associate degree. So a two year okay. degree. And um yeah, he had to take math and English and, and all that kind of sociology and all that. But, but he also took the bulk of his stuff was carpentry. Was carpentry and welding and trim carpentry and right. residential carpentry. Right. Yeah, so he he learned and well, a lot. he's doing welding right now. Yeah. This he's got t- 27 credits this quarter. Yeah, this qu- quarter he's kind of dead on his feet because he's doing um, two days. He leaves at 6.30 in the morning and doesn't, doesn't get, get home until 9.30 at night. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Um, and the other days But there's no homework in welding class. What are you going to do? Go home and weld something? <laughs> well, they might have to <laughs> read the book and take well, a Well, yeah, but it's not like a huge amount. I mean, they spend yeah. a ton of hours in the classroom. So Yeah, they they do a lot. Um, eight hours a week in the classroom, I think it is, yeah. Yeah. So um, we're excited that our son is graduating. That's exciting. Yeah. We're very proud of our son. We yeah, think he's, he's a great a guy. Hard worker. Yeah. So we're looking forward to uh 
him graduating, having the party, and enjoying all that, and then the fun of finding a job. Yeah, yeah. He's so. had a lot of different options, so that's good. Yeah. So, yeah. So anyway, and you, I'm looking at our notes, and you wanted to talk about notes. A couple, we have notes. Yeah, you wanted to talk about a couple TV shows. Oh I was yeah, surprised well, about one of them. Well, okay, so we watched Survivor, the finale. I don't know mm-hmm. if everybody did it, so we're going to spoil it right now and say that Sandra won. Yeah. And if you don't watch Survivor, then you, this was actually the best season ever of Survivor. We've watched it for, what, four or five years now? Um, yeah, something like that. There's two seasons a year, mm-hmm. and we usually watch it. We don't, we don't always watch the very first parts of them because it's just so boring. But as it gets down to, you know, 10 or... I almost didn't watch it this year. Why? Can you tell everyone why I almost didn't watch it? You don't it? like Russell. I just thought he was conniving and mean. He is. And so I almost didn't watch it because yeah. I don't like it when people are conniving and mean. I don't like Russell either, but it was amazing how he, he played the game like a devil. But the the thing is, is part of the game... Is that you only win if you get votes from the jury. Right. Well, see, that's the well, whole thing. Well, he was mean to everybody on the jury. Outwit, and... outwit, outplay, outlast. I think that they really need to define that differently because I think Russell did have a point. Mm-hmm. He got all the way to the end twice. Yeah. But he didn't win because he's such a jerk. Yeah. And I don't think it says anywhere in the outwit, outplay, outwit, outlast. It doesn't say anything in there about doing it nicely. But they do talk a lot on the game about the, the social game part, yes, that yes. there's a physical game, but there's also a social game. A lot like life, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And the the girl that came in second, who almost won, she won a lot of the challenges. And Poverty, she, yeah. Yeah, she did very well physically, and she did better socially than mm-hmm. yes. Russell. So she came in second. She almost won. Yeah. But, um, but I think the reason why the girl that won... Um, did was that she played the social game. She didn't make as many enemies. Exactly. The only so, one that she talked bad to was Russell, and he kind of deserved it. <laughs> but I, I think the whole philosophy behind Survivor is fascinating, and I think mm-hmm. they tapped. I think that's the reason it's so uh, people like it so much. It really defines life in a in a really interesting way. Grab a group of people, mm-hmm. put them in, a, in an extreme situation, cause them to compete against each other. And then see how it, so socially do they stay or do they get voted off by their peers? And at the end, those peers that got voted off in the last you know ten weeks or so are the ones that decide if they win or not. That's a fascinating concept, and it's and it shows because they've done twenty seasons. Well, you know the two shows that I think about that are like this, even though they're a little different, they're a little the same as Survivor and American Idol. That they both are are com- competitive shows yeah. and yet you see towards the end that they've been together so long that when one gets voted off they start to cry and hug each other right. and are sad for well, each yeah. other and well it's like going to summer camp i don't know if you remember this but when we were kids we go to camp i mean we were only there for like five days mm-hmm. but we thought we you know we these people are our best friends you know mm-hmm. we cry when we go home and everything and you know i have i've talked to maybe a few of them ever again but you know it's that thing that you do when you put people in a concentrated environment. Mm-hmm. What? I just... Um, She's over there smiling. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you smiling for? It's because um, I was at my tops group last night, and I heard about some of your 4-H camp shenanigans. You did? I did. 
great. That um, who would you hear from? From Kitty. Kitty. I I think it's Eric's mom. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. She yeah. she says she and her husband were camp counselors a lot, and that you uh, and and her son yeah. would get into trouble. Yes, we would. <laughs> Chris, their oldest son, uh, was my one of my counselors. Oh, and then okay. Eric was my age. Yeah. We went to high school together, too. Yeah. So she said that the two of you caused um, a little ruckus now and then. We always did it, you know. It's, what can I say? <laughs> so that's why I'm say? over here smiling because I just heard last night about your wild days at 4-H camp. Now, I can't remember why I wanted to talk about House Hunters International. I don't know why either, except for we watched a really interesting one on the Czech Republic, and I saw you watching it with us the other night. Yeah, you're not supposed to see that. Yeah, he, he pretends he doesn't like any of my shows, but I why, really why like... Why want to talk about that? I really like H-H-I. the Home and Garden TV. Hmm. Yeah, so, well, you know, it's okay. I like House Hunters International, but anyway... I like Star Trek. Oh, I know you like Star Trek. I don't remember why I want to talk. If I remember, we can talk about it again because I just don't remember <laughs> why I wanted to talk about it. It wasn't the show on the Czech Republic where they had outdoor bathrooms no, or whatever. No, no, no. Sometimes you take for granted what we have in the States here. I guess. Gosh, why did I want to talk about that? Okay, well, anyway, I guess everybody's entitled to a brain fart once in a while. You don't need to say that. What? What did you want me to say? If you like a good science fiction story, then you'll like The Martians Are Here podcast by Australian author Stefan Sonnen. The Martians Are Here podcast is a science fiction serial around 15 minutes per podcast episode set in the not-too-distant future. It's a story about two alien species from very different origins who bring their ongoing war to Earth with disastrous consequences for humanity. told through the eyes of five people who must piece together what's going on in order to survive. This is what happens when biology, technology, and adaptability collide. The Martians Are Here podcast on iTunes and on themartiansarehere.com. And this week it's back on the story, the continuing saga. So it's kind of fun. It was fun to have the specials, but it's back on the main story of the five people that are kind of interacting uh, towards the end of the world. you got to find out what happens. Hmm. Pretty fun. You still haven't listened to it all. No, I need to get caught up, but I've got it all on my iPod. I just I checked and I've got them all. I wrote a new song. Off. You wrote a new song for that uh, Martians Are Here? Well, I no. Oh, what, what for this time? For your iPod. For my friend Tim from England. It was his birthday, and he oh, does the, 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 the show Appy Times. Did you put that on my iPod? What? The iThingy song? No. Oh. But I thought about that. I used it as a prop on my video. I saw that. People can go to 
www.youtube.com slash rickmoyer777 and see my video blog. I saw that you that my iPod was missing, so then I, I, saw I had it. Video. Here, you want to hear a little bit of part of the song before we get into the words of wisdom? Here, check this out. Uh-huh. I need to sync my iPod. It's the next hit. Um, yeah, I I think it's a cute song. Yeah, I, I, maybe a boy band would record it for me. You think so? And they could dance around with iPods and iPads and earphones and on and everything. Touches. Maybe Apple will buy it. I think. What do you think? I don't know. You know, you could could email Steve and and ask him if he'd like it. Yeah, like he'd ever see my email. <laughs> Probably should tell me, get that off your blog, your copywriter. For, of course, they don't call it the eye thingy, do they? No. They call it the iPad or the iTouch. And uh, I came up with the idea of using Tim Morris from Appy Times, his idea of what he calls it, the eye thingy. And so I just thought that was fun. So I, I made that song for his birthday. I thought it was for Mike's. No, this is for Tim's birthday. Oh, I get so confused. Because I know I there's um, Dan, and mm-hmm. there's Mike, and there's Meds, and there's Tim, all from England. Yeah. That are my friends. And if we ever go there, they're going to show me the way to Bath to see Jane Austen's uh, museum. Uh, you have such a great <laughs> time with Jane Austen and all these people that talk like this. Oh, yeah, I hope they show you, and I'll go look at the castle or something. <laughs> okay. Okay, anyway, time for words of wisdom on taking with you. 
Well, we're in Genesis chapter 42, and we're going on with the life of Joseph. And we're going to kind of recap just a little bit. We're going to go back now at, to verse 13 in chapter 42. Go ahead, Aim. Okay. They said, There were 12 of us brothers, sons of the same father, in the country of Canaan. The youngest is with our father, and one of us is no more. But Joseph said, It's just as I said, you're spies. This is how I'll test you. As Pharaoh lives, you're not going to leave this place until your younger brother comes here. Send one of you to get your brother while the rest of you stay here in jail. We'll see if you're telling the truth or not. As Pharaoh lives, I say you're spies. Then he threw them into the jail for three days. On the third day, Joseph spoke to them, Do this and you'll live. I'm a God-fearing man. If you're honest, as you say you are, one of your brothers will stay here in jail while the rest of you take the food back to your hungry families. But you have to bring the youngest brother back to me, confirming the truth of your speech, and not one of you will die. They agreed. Then they started talking among themselves. Now we're paying for what we did to our brother. We saw how terrified he was when he was begging us for mercy. We wouldn't listen to him, and now we're the ones in trouble. Reuben broke in. Didn't I tell you? Don't hurt the boy. But no, you wouldn't listen. And now we are paying for his murder. Joseph had been using an interpreter, so they didn't know that Joseph was understanding every word. Joseph turned away from them and cried. When he was able to speak again, he took Simeon and had him tied up, making him a prisoner of him while they all watched. Then Joseph ordered that their sacks be filled with grain, that their money be put back in each sack, and that they be given rations for the road. This, that was all done for them. They loaded their food, supplies on their donkeys, and set off. When they stopped for the night, one of them opened his sack to get food for his donkey. There at the mouth of his bag was his money. He called out to his brothers, My money has been returned. It is right here in my bag. They were puzzled and frightened. What is God doing to us? And that's where we're going to end up for this week. So we'll find out what happens after they uh, discuss their little dilemma. Quite an interesting story so far, don't you think? Yeah, you know, the book of Genesis is full of all kinds of interesting um, stories about Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Noah, Adam, Eve, all those guys. It's a good book. Very good book. In fact, that's what we're going to talk about next, right here on Take Him With You. We just want to take a couple of minutes here to thank all of the people who have donated to the podcast. Yay. Thank yes. you so much. We really, really appreciate it. it. It's a big um, help. Rick spends a couple days every week just concentrating on the podcast, studying for it, um, praying for prayer requests, um, making notes, and then producing More it. More than a couple of days, dear. Well, yeah, but a couple solid long days. Yes. And then off and on throughout the week, um, answering emails and um, corresponding and things. 
So anyway, thank you for all your help so that he can take the time to do that. And um, We're reaching all over the world now, too, with the yeah. podcast going all over the place. I was just looking at our yearly stats for this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming up here at the end of the month will be six months, and I, I'm just trying to get a picture of things. And we have had a lot of downloads. I'm very, very excited about that. Um, a lot of the podcasts from last year are still being downloaded four or 500 more times. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, along with the new stuff, it gets downloaded um, as we go. And it's just very, very encouraging to see the amount of people that are listening and joining up with us and enjoying the podcast. But uh, it would really, really help if, if folks could uh, throw us a little donation this way or that. And they can do so by how? Do you know? Well, you can get to us on PayPal. Um, how do you do that? You know what? I'm not sure. So maybe you, you should you, say you, <laughs> You just go to Take Him With You and you click on the donate button. Oh, okay, yeah. And that takes you to PayPal. Yeah, and Take Him With You, we have a website. So go yeah. www.takehimwithyou.com. Mm-hmm. And um, then you can go from there. And, yeah. you know, we're getting quite a few hits on our, our website. It was like 11,000 last month or something. Oh, something like that. I, yeah. I think, you know, on unique hits, it's less. But it's because some people come back more than once. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I can't remember what the total was. It was a lot. Yeah, and, and there's a lot like of people that so listen to the like podcast that. that don't go to the website um, because you can go to um, just sign up on YouTunes. So, YouTunes? YouTunes. What do you call it? iTunes. <laughs> but I like YouTunes. We could start that. Okay. I got confused because you do YouTube, YouTube and iTunes. iTunes. You can get a hold of us by the following ways you can email yeah. us rick at takehimwithyou.com. Or you can visit our face page. Face page. Now, see, I'm doing it. Now you're doing it. <laughs> Facebook page at facebook.com slash rick.moyer or amy.moyer, respectively, respectively, however that is or, said. Yeah. And you can also um, you can watch our YouTube videos. I already told you how to do that. Uh, anyway, lots of ways to reach us. And, uh, you know, some people said, well, is $10 really? That doesn't seem like a much. It's actually a lot. Because if everybody that listened to the program gave 10 bucks. We'd have more than enough to pay all the bills, and we could do this full-time and enjoy it. Yeah, that so. would be cool. Yeah, okay, so thanks. We won't ask for any more money. <laughs> all right. Thanks. Okay, we're going to come right back, and we're going to be jumping into our subject for the day. Time for Food for Thought right here on Take Him With You. take him with you podcast for what how long now um a year and five months year and four months around there yeah coming up on a year and a half next month yeah yeah and uh in that time we've had several requests for this particular subject to be covered Mm -hmm. and what is that my dear i'm talking about the bible like what is it where is it from that kind of thing the the bible as um it's so controversial. People say all sorts of things about it. And we're calling this podcast Good Book. Mm-hmm. Kind of like how Worf says, nice tea, great house. Mm-hmm. We're just calling it good the Good Book because it really is a good book. Here's what I found, and I don't know if you found this or not, Amy. You, you've been a Christian longer than I have. And when I say a Christian, um, what I mean by that is you... 
you received Christ into your heart, believed what he did on the cross, and asked him to uh, basically run your life and be your God. Mm-hmm. And as a result of that, people will call you a believer or a Christian. And uh, I did that many, many years after you did. So uh, you've been around church and the Bible and things like that far longer than I have. And I'm grateful for that. But over the years, I've heard a lot of things. And I used to say some of these very same things. I would say, well, the Bible is, it doesn't have anything good in it. Or it's, you know, I would, would act like I knew what was in there, but I'd never actually ever read it. Mm-hmm. Or or some people say, oh, Shakespeare wrote the Bible. Right. D- different <laughs> things like things that. Things like that, yeah. Well, and, and then I remember uh, watching Chariot of the Gods, which was a film about UFOs and alien extraterrestrials visiting our planet. And they talked about um, there being some scriptures in the Bible that talked about UFOs. And so I found the, ol- the only Bible, oh, we had a big family Bible, but it was so hard to understand because it was old old King James and... It was really difficult, but I found this uh, this translation called the Way, and mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, I remember it's a Living Bible. Yes, yeah. and I didn't I didn't know what it a was. Paraphrase. Yeah. Well, I took it upstairs with me, snuck it out of the porch uh, library, and uh, at our house, and I snuck it upstairs and I looked up those verses about the UFOs, and that's the only exposure I really had to the Bible at all. Ezekiel. Yep. Wheel within a, a wheel, wheel within a wheel, and the, the eyes and, all and, over and it. <laughs> a revelation where it talks about the the um, the locusts with the stingers that came out of them, and the the folks with the special um, special clothing um, that they wore when they picked like up the hazmat, con- the, yeah, the contaminated suits. bodies yeah. and stuff. So that's what I looked at when I heard about the Bible. I wasn't looking for any answers about God. I was looking for UFOs. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> but isn't that interesting? Because yeah. it actually aided in me coming to realize that the Bible was a lot different, more different than I thought it was. Well, it it got you into picking up a Bible for the first time. So that was a good thing. Yeah. And I think the other thing, too, is when I... When I finally, you know, I came to a point in my life where I was I was pretty desperate. I, I don't know what it was, but I think it was God trying to grab a hold of my heart. And I remember I, I said a prayer and I asked God to come in. I asked Jesus to come into my heart at that, that rock concert. And I remember um, having a Bible and something that a girlfriend had given me. And I, and I looked, skimmed through it. I didn't even really ever read it. And then I started um, uh, hanging out with a couple of friends that were believers and they would tell me all about these Bible stories and Bible things. And then I'd go to church and I'd hear about different things. But I actually didn't read it at first. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I was working on a, on a, uh, at my job where I was working on a um, this one particular place. It was really boring. We weren't supposed to bring reading material, but we did. And I sat in the little booth watching the conveyor belt go by and I read my Bible for the mm-hmm. first time. And as I started reading, it just it totally was not what I expected. Yeah. I was thinking it was going to be a book full of dry, archaic, irrelevant, stupid stories. And what I I started in the New Testament because it split up into two parts. The Bible has the Old Testament and the New Testament. And I actually started in the New Testament because somebody mm-hmm. had recommended that. And I started reading and I had all these questions. It was fascinating. What you know, when I actually read the words of Jesus, it changed things inside of me and I didn't know why. And, and I, you know, I've read a lot of stuff. I, you know, read science fiction books and different things, and I was really into that. So reading a book that kind of came alive was really different. Mm-hmm. 
And then it kind of opened up so many questions and ideas and stuff that really, I have to say, in my personal experience, I was taking other people's word for it, not reading it myself. And that was a mistake because I think I think a lot of times people do that in the world today. Even people that listen to our podcast, even people that email we back and forth and stuff, we talk a lot. Some of them have never even opened it. Mm-hmm. And yet they'll have these harsh criticisms of it and say all these different things. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. That's not what it says. Or, excuse me, where do you get that from? Because that's not what it is. What I found was that the Bible was very relevant for my life, so much so that it was kind of scary. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of my first exposure to it. Um, you know, people say, if we were going to myth bust anything at the first part of it, is that the, is it, it's old, archaic, and non-relevant. That is simply not true. There are some passages in the Old Testament that are difficult to understand and read, and even in the New Testament. Well, and sometimes, um, sometimes you have to go back and find out what culture yeah. that was happening at mm-hmm. the time, because... Um, we're going to get into comments in a little while. And one of the comments was someone had a real hard time because the Old Testament, they read it and then they didn't want anything to do with God. And I think, um, you know, I've gone through the Old Testament several times and there are some passages where you kind of go, what wow. what was going on here? And um, I've taught school, um, homeschool for my children Um, many years and we would go through different parts of the Bible and one thing that we tried to do um, we got this book called Streams of Civilization and it talked about the cultures that were going on during Bible times Mm -hmm. and um, you know there were societies that were were killing their babies, sacrificing them to the god Baal and Moloch and you know there were just some really yucky things going on and so sometimes you have to go back and learn a little bit about the culture to which that passage was originally written right. in order to understand that. And so there are parts of the Bible that take a little bit of study to really get everything out of. And then there are other parts like, I mean, I can sit down with Psalms and Proverbs or or the New Testament or Genesis now and without even any study really just get a lot out of them mm-hmm. so um yeah i'm not sure well i i think that's really good a good point amy because like right now we're going to we just started going to a new church mm-hmm. that we really like and one of the reasons i like it is because the guy that gets up to speak one of the elder one of the elders at the church gets up to speak and he actually he'll read a passage of scripture and then he'll go back and say, all right, now let's understand what, where this culture was and how this was written. Because when you understand the stories that he was referring to and the time that they were in and it was being written, mm-hmm. um, then you can, you will understand, it will come alive to you. And yeah. I think that's totally true. It's like any older book that you pick up and read, if you don't know the background behind it, it's much more difficult to understand. Mm-hmm. Now, newer books and stuff like that, obviously, we live in the culture today, and so it's different. Mm-hmm. But even like a Star Trek novel or a, or a, you know, a, a book here or there, you, you kind of have to know the backstory in order for the whole thing to make more sense. Yeah. And so this is, why, uh, this is why the Bible's hard sometimes for people to read. That's one of the questions we had. Why is the Bible so hard to read sometimes? Why is it so well, confusing? And there are parts that aren't. You know, like I said, you can usually pick up 
Psalms and Proverbs in the middle of the Bible in the Old Testament, and you can pick up different parts of the well, That's a good question. And... I have a question for you then. Yeah. Is the Bible a chronological work? Definitely not. <laughs> okay, it, so if, so if people, is, is that one of the reasons people fail, you think? Because they start off in Genesis and they get into it, yeah. and it's kind of fascinating, but then they get into some of these other books, and it's like, what in the world? Um, you know, I'm not quite totally sure why it was put together. Well, um, there's research well, they've done. that the, the basic part is the first five books of the Bible is what's called the Torah or the Pentateuch. It's the Jewish law. Okay. And that has the stories from from Genesis um, with the creation, and it goes through the All time the like, main Noah. Bible characters that yeah, we think of. Yeah, a lot. If you've gone to Sunday school as a kid, it, a lot of those stories come out in the book of Genesis. Mm-hmm. Then you have four more books, Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, Numbers. Those Numbers is kind of boring. Well, there's, there's a lot that have to do with law and building the no temple. No offense, God. Well, like how the temple was supposed to be built. And, right. and, and you know, if you take the time to study that those things, it there, is there's a purpose for everything. Sure. Um, but it can get kind of long, so I don't usually recommend someone if they're just starting to read the Bible to, to start off start in numbers. Off in, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, I, rec- I recommend for people when they when they really open their heart to say, "God, I really would like to learn more about you." I actually recommend that they start in the Book of John mm-hmm. in the New Testament, or or Matthew or Mark. Four things right at the very beginning of the New Testament that are similar stories, and it means the from good different news. perspective. It means good the go- news. called the gospel. Yeah. And that's about about Jesus Jesus coming to Earth to die for our sins, right? And and it, and it goes through his life, mm-hmm. and it talks about uh, different aspects of when he was preaching, when he was healing people, what he did with his life, and they're from four different perspectives. Mm-hmm. You've got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and they all mm-hmm. come from a little bit different perspective. You see some of the same stories repeated, obviously, mm-hmm. because they were with him. And and then you uh, then you see other but but because of the way that human beings are, I think it's fascinating. They saw different things in the the events. Yeah, Luke was a doctor, and mm-hmm. so he comes at retelling the story of Christ very scientifically and logically. Right. And, right. and John, I think the reason why we recommend people to start in that book is because the nickname for John was beloved, mm-hmm. or the. The, he was one of Jesus's best friends, right? And so he really comes at um, telling the gospel story, telling the story, the good news of because he Jesus. really knew Christ well. Yeah, from from a best friend, yeah. he was he was one of Jesus's well, uh, three best friends. The other thing too about John is when he when he writes about Jesus, he talks a lot about um, Christ's divinity. In other words, mm-hmm. he t- he talks about how Jesus was human, but he was also God. And that yeah. is a fascinating perspective. And he points out that Jesus was in the first chapter of the Bible where it says in the beginning um, there was God. And then it says he became flesh and mm-hmm. dwelt among us. Right. So it, there's a lot of theology in that book. But but it's really good stuff. But it's really and then good. Matthew now, Matthew was what? What was he? He was a tax collector, right? And, and so he was he, a disciple of, right. of Christ. And that was the very first book that I ever read. Mm-hmm. And it's a good book. I, I had mean, so many them. questions when I read it. Yeah. So many questions. But you know, he came out a perspective of he was a tax collector, which was a despised person. Sure, in because that they society. were corrupt and they were nasty. 
And yet Jesus saw possibilities in him and called him to follow him and accepted him and loved him. Right. And so he he wrote from that perspective. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I don't know a lot about Mark. But I know that Mark was involved in a lot of of ministry and different things. Mark was actually a d- disciple, I believe, of one of the disciples, <laughs> or he was um, someone that helped um, Paul and Barnabas, if okay. I remember right. All right. So anyway, you could check that out. Anyway, don't take all my word for it because I can get confused sometimes. But I believe he was um wasn't one of the direct well all, all that to say yeah but. all that to say that that it is a fascinating perspective from different angles mm-hmm. when you read the first part of the new testament matthew mark luke and john that's where i recommend if you're new to trying to understand god that's where i recommend you start don't start at genesis even though you, you could mm-hmm. i think you're going to get a whole lot more relevancy out of those at first because it's very personal. Mm -hmm. And then through the things, um, the New Testament is made up of a bunch of different letters written to churches, early churches, obviously. And, you know, if you really get right down to it, um, the Bible really didn't come into existence till after a lot of the things, obviously, that we read about. Well, the new, the early church didn't have a Bible. They They, had the Old Testament. They had the Old Testament. And and the law. They had the law. And if you read... If you read the New Testament, it refers a lot to the Old Testament because that was their only scripture written right, down. Right. That was but, only But if you thought if you think that the early Christians walked around with a book like like you see people do now, they didn't have they that. They didn't have that. No. It wasn't even I mean the printing press wasn't even invented yet and mm-hmm. and you know it's not like it was. And I think a lot of times now I know I might get things thrown at me for this. But a lot of times I think that some, some people sometimes worship the Bible more than they do God. Yeah. Um, and because the Bible says, there's a mm-hmm. scripture in the New Testament that says that um, Jesus became the word mm-hmm. flesh, then people have kind of taken that and run with it and said, well, now this book that we have in our hand, this is Jesus, you know, printed. And so therefore, you know, this is something, you know, you want to revere it. And, all. Mm-hmm. and I, I do think scripture is very important. Yeah. But I think a relationship with God is far more important because what I've noticed, and I've, I've, I've heard theologians talk about this, that people get very bibliocentric. Mm-hmm. In other words, they, they, and this is where you can run into harshness with using the Bible. You can get yeah. really dogmatic and mean and nasty with it because yeah. you want to force your People will pull things out of context, context to yeah. support their point of view. It, instead, instead of being Christocentric, which is where you accept Christ into your heart, and then you begin to learn about him and you have a relationship with him, which is mm-hmm. far more personal than yeah. just saying, you know, a book because anybody can read a book. Well, and that's what I like to, I think I pointed this out in our last podcast. I like to look at the Bible as God's love letter that's to great, us. That's a great perspective. And just like a loving father would write an, a letter of love and instruction to his children and um, that's how I look at the Bible, that this is God saying, I love you. Here are some pitfalls you can avoid if you listen to my word, listen to my teaching. And um, if you look at the Bible from a relational point of view, instead of a history book or a. Well, and even the history parts, it's got you, some can, good stuff there, you yeah. can sure learn from other sure. people's mistakes, other sure. people's. You know, and also from their faith, you know, because mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that really messed up and yet they had faith in God and God 
overlooked and forgave their their inadequacies because of his love and his plan for them. Sure. And um, so I think I like to look at the Bible that way, that, that this is God's love letter to me. He gives me hope. He gives me direction through the book. And, um, and another thing I'd like to point out is um, some people just aren't real great readers. They don't have mm-hmm. time in our society. They're on the road. They're Well, and it working. looks big. I mean, you look at the Bible, it's pretty intimidating at first. It's huge. Mm-hmm. It's a big book. But I ha- I want to point out a podcast. This is the first, well, other than Treks and Sci-Fi that Rick got me into. This is the first podcast that I got into on my own was um, the Daily Audio Bible. A lot of people, and, yeah. And I, I know quite a few people that also listen to that, that about 20 minutes a day, you can they have over through. a million subscribers mm-hmm. to their podcast. You can get through the the whole Bible in one year. And um the guy that reads it um talks like this. He, he talks And a God bit said, like, "Let there be light." He talks a little bit like James Kirk, but um Hey, there you go. Trekkie, you'll love this. <laughs> but anyway, um You can find it at the dailyaudiobible.com. Daily, but he's also been a seminary student and stuff, so right. sometimes he'll put in a little bit of background of the society or So you know, if somebody's looking he'll for introduce that I mean, book. There you can also get for very inexpensive, you can get the whole Bible on MP three and listen to they it. They even it's have not, dramatized versions yeah. and stuff. Make it, it a lot more relevant. Yeah. Well that comes okay, that comes down to an interesting question. Mm-hmm. Why are there so many different translations of the Bible or different slants on the Bible? Why isn't there just one Bible? It depends who you talk to. Some people say there is only one. Um, I personally well, think let's, that let's... people should be able to read it in their own language. And so I encourage people to read paraphrases once in a while or message or so let's explain the difference. Okay, there's translations and there's paraphrases. Mm-hmm. What's the difference? I mean, today... Um, if somebody wanted to read the Bible, we all on this podcast, we read a lot out of the message Bible. Mm-hmm. That's not a translation. That's a paraphrase. paraphrase. And what paraphrase means, well, most people know what that means, is it's Eugene Peterson, who is the author of this, mm-hmm. um, takes the Bible, whatever version, I don't know, and he reads from it and then he puts it into modern day English from his perspective. Yeah. So now you're going to get a paraphrase. You're going to read it. But it isn't necessarily going to be the original. Yeah, I you know. you know this is confession time. I went through this very short period in my life where someone had tried to convince me that you should only read the King James version, and so I tried to read that to my kids during our devotions. How'd that work for you? Well, I found that even though I understood it because I was raised with it, mm-hmm. um, I found that I had to paraphrase myself. Every, so they were getting the Amy paraphrase. Yeah. I had to, every time I read a scripture, I had to say, well, that means this. Right. So why and not so read, just I read thought, something like why that? Why don't I just get something okay, that's so, <laughs> contemporary okay, that they so can understand? So there's a paraphrase and then there's a translation. Mm-hmm. And a translation would be a group of people that got together, took the original mm-hmm. Greek and Hebrew yes. and debated over what the intent and what the thing was and then came mm-hmm. to a consensus and put that out as a translation. Yeah. Because like one Greek word could be translated this way or, or that way, right? Ways. Like love is is like three different words. Right. Yeah, four it could or be five, more. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so which ones then? If people are listening to the podcast, maybe they picked up an old archaic King James version or something even worse. You know that, that I'm not saying it's bad. You know what I mean. 
King James was, is beautiful, but it was but hard like, to understand. It's like reading Shakespeare. It can what be type of trans? Kind of okay, what kind of things are translations? Do you know off the top of your head? Well, there's the the. Some people like NIV. Mm-hmm. I personally, I like New American Standard okay. better. And so you're going to see like these things when you start to look for a Bible, yeah. or they'll you'll, they'll have these initials afterwards. It'll say like. NAS that means New, New American, American Standard. Standard or you'll have like KJV which is King James version or New King James version KJV or you'll have like um other ones like yeah. NIV uh New International version And I'm not sure if we have a copy of it but a living bible which was one of the first paraphrases we have that yeah. but they have a living translation out now Yeah New Living Translation New I have living an translation. NLT you have that. Right. And I think that would be a good one to start I think with it's a very good one. If you're just getting into and the And it's Bible. a translation. It's not a paraphrase. Yeah. But it's a so, translation into modern English with, right. with more of our contemporary phrasing. Right. So we highly recommend the NLT and the Message Bible. At, the NLT is a translation. Mm-hmm. The Message Bible is a paraphrase. And also there's awesome websites um there's tons, bible tons. bible gateway and um and the other one crosswalk. crosswalk and a lot of them you can put a paraphrase right next right to next the, to yeah. a translation and right. read them back and forth and and that's kind of helpful sometimes because sure. sometimes you you're going so why do you think there's so the, one of the questions we got was why are there so many different versions and i think the the answer to that is there are so many different cultures and people mm-hmm. that were, that were trying to make it relevant to that culture and that people. Do you remember when we had a lady come to our church and speak about um, Bible translating into different cultures? Yeah, from and Papua she, New Guinea. She had spent over twenty years and in she Papua finally, New Guinea. She actually got it all. Well, the way and they done. didn't even have a written language, so she had to take their phonetic sounds. And figure out a written language. And they didn't even have books. Right. So they would sometimes draw pictures or make symbols on banana leaves. Yeah. So so <laughs> she had to use the word banana leaf right. for, for Bible. For Bible. Because they didn't. Ha- exactly. So, okay. Was, well, I, I mean, think that answers. I hope that answers the question to folks. Why are there so many different versions? And um, there is a difference between the C- Catholic Bible and the non the Protestant Bible, and that is only that in the Catholic Church they've added what is the it? The apocrypha, uh, mm-hmm. and yeah. and that is considered scriptural canon. And those of you that are into Star Trek will understand what canon means. That that means um, consistent with the rest of the story. They uh, the Catholics um, believe that that is a valid part of the Bible, while the Protestants say, "Well, we don't know really if these books really." should be included in the... Mm-hmm. Because at one point, I mean, obviously, we didn't have the Bible. So somebody, human being-wise, had to um, put the book together. And the Bible is, it's 66 different books mm-hmm. put together by many different authors. Yeah. And and people will say, well, then how can you say that's God's Word? And, and what we like to talk about is that we believe th- th- this is God speaking through people Mm-hmm. to write down they were inspired to write down these things now and then of course you're going to get the question well isn't there inconsistencies in the bible and isn't it wrong and how can you take it for the gospel truth you know and all these different things good question how can we well you know i've gone through the bible from beginning to end and um i see consistent threads through it a plan that god had um for mankind um 
But I think that there's a part that you just take by faith. There are some good books out there. Um, Ray Comfort, Josh McDowell have some really good books where they have gone through and proven biblically or proven scientifically with archaeology and, you know, proven that the stories in the Bible are real. I mean, I think it's one of the... I mean, they haven't proven all of them, obviously, but... But, but you can go through the archaeology and find the places they right. found Jericho. And that, you know, found... that's... A, that's I had to say this because, you know, at the beginning of Taken With You, I said I would never rank on other religions and stuff, but I do have to say this. Um, there are many religions out there that have a book. Mm-hmm. And the one thing... Um, and when I did my study to say, you know, am I going to follow this God or not? Um, I did find it very hard to find any proof that anything in these other quote-unquote scripture things were real or true or even even provable or, you know, it was very debatable of, of the history that was involved in some of these other things that I researched. And then there's the whole thing of people taking the Bible and then changing it around a little bit to fit their doctrine, which yeah. is really bad to do. And that, so there's yeah. lots of, there's religions founded on falsehood. And so when we talk about the Bible, you know, we we we're really serious about this. We we have taken our time to research and look and there is a there's tons of stuff. In fact, some of the questions that you might want answered, we found all put together on a great website and we highly recommend it. It's called gotquestions.org. And mm-hmm. they answer, I mean, they've got things like can can uh should we interpret the Bible literally? Um why should we study the Old Testament? Um, what is the Bible truly God's word? What is the Bible? Uh, there's different translations like we talked about. Mm-hmm. I mean, we haven't got into this huge, but we know that the site is reliable and, and decent on answering these questions. So we really high, highly recommend that because in this podcast, we cannot cover everything mm-hmm. that people might want to ask. And, uh, you know, probably one of those questions could take a whole podcast. Well, yeah. And <laughs> maybe know? that's something we want to tackle down the road is doing like a, a month long series on on some of these things, it might be really good for us to do that. But uh, anyway, we have ton- tons more questions, and we do also have our our Facebook uh, poll about the Bible, and we want to get to that as well. Um, how old is the Bible, Amy? Well, it was originally... This one's a hard question because a lot of times we think the oldest book is Genesis, which would have been written by Moses back when they left Egypt. Um, but there are many scholars that believe that Job. the book of Job is yeah. even older. So we know that it's, you know, 4,000 years old. I mean, at some least. of it, some of the New Testament is at least 4,000 years old. Not the New Testament. Not the New Testament. New Testament's the, If the New Testament was 4,000 years old, we got our theology all screwed up. <laughs> the New Testament's about 2,000 years old, but the Old Testament um, is at least 4,000 parts of it. Yeah. Here's another interesting question. Um, how much has the Bible been changed? Well, you know, this is really interesting. Back to, I commented that when my boys were in college, they some of them said um, in the and, British literature class that Shakespeare wrote the Bible. And I said, well, that's interesting because they found Dead Sea Scrolls that were, you know, from 2,000 years ago. Before Shakespeare was <laughs> yeah, around. Yeah, before Shakespeare. So, you know. Now, what um, do you mean when you say they found Dead Sea Scrolls? What do you mean by that? Well, they found some scrolls that back in the Old Testament, they had what they called scribes. Okay. That their whole job was just to copy the scripture letter by letter, not Mm -hmm. change a thing. 
So in the Hebrew scriptures, they would have scrolls that they would copy exactly from the, the one before. If they messed up one letter, they'd have to start all over. So, and they didn't have word, presse, word processors or um, whiteout back then. So right. they had, they, that was their whole job was to copy the scriptures. And they found some of those scriptures on the special scrolls in clay jars and in um, Israel in the desert in a cave and um, dated them from a long time ago. Mm-hmm. So, um, so they were able to put them side by side and say, "Wow, yeah." So these the, are I know identical. they found parts from of Isaiah, Isaiah I and, know that. and you know, and it was the same as the Hebrew scriptures today, right? So, um, well, really, a fascinating fact is that the Bible is actually the first book ever printed. Mm-hmm. It came out on a print. They actually developed the, the printing press. Because they wanted to get the Bible out to the masses, which is another interesting question because one of the myths is that only pastors or priests can understand the Bible and that the common man shouldn't really read it. I think that there were hundreds, if not thousands of years that only a few people were educated enough to read it. And a lot of times that were, those were the priests Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, but I, you think about it—a nice master plan to get people not to read scripture or to have any history of God. Um, to keep them illiterate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, and I and I read a really interesting fact about how when the when the Bible was written by several different authors inspired by God, we believe um, it didn't have chapters or verses. Yeah, that, that was those something. were added later by the Catholic Church, and and you can actually um, was I th- was it the Catholic Church? No, I think it was before that. Um, anyway, I saw their names and everything, and I forgot to bring it with me to, to put on the screen. But it talked about who actually sat down and marked it out and said, okay, now we got to have a reference point well, for it, these things. Well, it's just so that we could all be on the same page. Ex- literally. So you can find, find out, okay, well, you're in this book mm-hmm. this far in. So um, it just, just kind of like when you're, if you've ever been in a play or something like that, you have lines usually um, so that you know mm-hmm. your your lines are numbered, so you know where to go, what right. chapter, what right. line. So it's kind of that way. The chapter and verse, um, you have to remember when you're reading it that um, you don't have to like just stop at the end of one chapter. You can keep going because it, it all goes together. Right. Exactly. And so so really we should look at the Bible more of a collection of writings from people that had a relationship with God Mm -hmm. and that and they wrote from that perspective. Now, the question is, can you trust it to be totally true? I believe you can. And I do believe that sometimes you have to, like I said before, take the historical Things into things account into and the cultural account, issues. And the culture yes. into well, account. But why do you think? Because we had, we're going to read some comments. We had a comment from one person that was like, "It's a, it's a pile of crap," mm-hmm. you know, and stuff. Why do you think people feel that way about the Bible? I personally think, and this is putting myself out there kind of dangerously, but I think a lot of it is how we view our parents. Or not necessarily parents, but authority figures in our life. Because if you, like I said before, if you look at this book, 
as our Papa God, our Father, our Heavenly Father's love letter to us, mm-hmm. that makes a big difference. But, but if you don't have that background, that background, well, now I personally think it's because I think people don't discount the Bible a lot of times because of the way that it's been used against them. Yeah, that's true. And like I think I, the Bible, I don't think was ever meant to be used as a weapon except towards the devil. Yeah. I think it's never been, never meant to, to beat someone over the head. And I think a lot of people have done that. Yeah. And therefore, Mm -hmm. therefore, I think, I mean, if you get, if you get quoted verses all the time about how bad you are, Mm -hmm. how many times are you going to want to open and read that book? And and a lot of times you're not going to want to. Are a you? lot of times they're taking those things out of context. Exactly. Too. Yeah. When people you well, I mean, let's let's take on for a moment. Let's just think about it. When you hear um, there's like this awful just. I mean, I can't even believe that these folks are out there. I guess they have a right to say whatever they want, but I think I can't believe they would. There's this this church that um, they'll hold up like signs that say God hates fags and and. And they'll they'll just totally rip on the homosexuals and stuff and and say that God hates them and they're all going to burn in hell and all this different stuff. I've it's, never heard of a church like that. But you haven't heard of that? Yes, you have. I I haven't heard of a church that's done that. Yeah, it's that big. It's that big. They have that website and everything that. Um, huh. And they oh yeah, that's. I guess they don't hang out with mean people. I no, don't like you don't. Mean but people. anyway, there are there are Christians though, or people that yeah. claim to be Christians. Because I don't really think somebody who is a believer would be so mean. But I guess they're. I guess some Christian people can be awful. Yeah. You know, I guess it doesn't. Well, change. you know, it's it's an irony because there are some people that claim to be Christians that will bomb abortion clinics because they believe abortion is murder. Right. And yet they're committing murder by, by bombing killing, the, yeah, So, so there, there's a weird thinking I process. think that well, you have to realize that not just because someone claims to be a Christian doesn't mean they have all their marbles and right. they're well, not and then, and thinking Well, and boil it down, remember, Scripture is, is meant f- personally for us to explore who we are and help us to do what God wants us to do in our life. It was never meant to use as a weapon against people and hurt people with it. And I think the reason some people don't want to read the Bible and think that it's bad is because they've been hit over the head with it so many times they don't they couldn't care less about yeah. what it says. And that is really sad. That would be mm-hmm. like somebody, you know, um if I mean, we believe that the Bible is such a great book because it's a book full of can-dos. You can do this, you can do that. And a and, book of hope. And isn't it sad yeah. that somebody would be so hurt by people that they wouldn't want to open up and read something that would really help them? It helps mm-hmm. every person that reads it because it's such a personal book. Yeah. It, to me, the Bible is a, a book about God's love and his hope and his direction. And, you know, I think sometimes when it talks about sin and things in the Bible... It's because God knows that there are consequences to defying natural laws. Mm -hmm. And that there are consequences to behaving in a negative way. And they hurt us. And they hurt the people around us. And so I think if you look at it from a parental point of view... You may tell your child not to put their hand on a hot, hot burner. And exactly. It's not because you're wanting to make up another rule or another law. Right. It's just because you don't want them to get burned. Yes. You know, so, um, yeah, the Bible does address sin sometimes, but it also, like Rick said, has so many things that you can do. Right. You can love your neighbor. You can 
um, you know, live a fulfilled, full life. Sure. And and I think that's, you know, the Bible says the Old Testament um, was full of law, but that was just trying to keep people long enough around for Jesus to come right. to well, not destroy there, there, themselves. There are by so sin. many other things we could talk about. We might want to do part two next week just on some follow up. Uh, because we didn't get to all the questions that we, I mean, time has gone so fast. But yeah. I do think we need to read some of our Facebook comments. Okay. So why don't, do you, why don't, you, yeah, why don't you start off and read a few? It's Your question was, have you ever read the Bible, all or part of it? And um, John says, yes. And Janine says, yes, probably all of it. But I can't say 100% for sure. Why? <laughs> And then you say... <laughs> oh, because we're covering on the next podcast, right? Yeah, and right, then she right. says, cool. Link to your podcast. I've got a couple from Twitter. Um, okay. Uh, Just X says, uh, I've read the Bible several times and most of the Quran." And then um, Billy Bob 476 uh, our friend Joe, says, parts of it in school. However, recently I've been tempted to read it through with some more thoughtfulness. Hmm. What? You got some more? Yeah, there's lots more. Um, Andrew says, I tried to read it once, but I wasn't in the mood at the time. It is something that I've always considered a book I should read. However, I ended up with some strange editions, so never sure which is the best edition to try and read from cover to cover. Well, hopefully he'll try out maybe the New Living um, Translation or the message. Sure. And again, we recommended maybe not read it for cover to cover the first time. Right. Maybe start, start with some, the New Testament. Yeah. I think it's a really good idea to start or with the New Testament and then go back. Listen to the Daily Audio Bible. Sure, that That's helps too. It too. pops all around the place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and and Randall said, yes, more than once. The King Jim, which I think he means King James, yeah. is hard to understand the language of it at the time, but the NIV is pretty good, and there are also a few others. Avoid stuff like the Living Bible, things that are paraphrased. Now that's his well, opinion. Well, that's his opinion. That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. And it, again, I, I probably agree with Randall if you're going to study. Right, right. If you're going to sit down but, and I mean, study. The but, Take Him With You podcast is not a Bible study program. And so that's yeah. why I use the message in the New Living. Um, I think paraphrases are good if you just want to sit down and read if, a bunch. And, and have a discussion about yeah. it. Yeah. You know, just to read a big passage. But if you right. study I've got some more comments here. Okay. Um, um, Savril or Jen says yes over the course of many years and uh, I like uh, this one too is from my friend Dan he says I'm sure I read it all when I was younger cover to cover I'm now trying to reread it again after many years and using a more modern interpretation I do need to make more time for it though so that's good mm-hmm. and Michelle, Michelle says all of it more than once happy face Pauline says, I read part of the Bible, but it's been a while. Thank you for posting your link. Very cool. Um, I've got one here from uh, Trekker Forever. says, uh, I've read the whole uh, the whole thing a few times. Well, maybe skimmed numbers. Smiley face. Yeah. <laughs> I understand, brother. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And Joseph says, no. I thought about it many times, but seemed to get overwhelmed. It is a tremendous undertaking and makes me a little apprehensive to try to get into. Um, here, yeah. Hawkeye Med says, uh, yep, read it three times. Cool. Yeah. And back to Joseph, I understand. It is a big book, but if you try to try to look at it like an elephant, how do you eat an elephant? Yes. One bite at a time? Yes. Yeah, just take little bits at a time and um, you'll get through it. Okay, Tammy says, yes. Oh, that's good. I have one here. Um, I can't even... 
I'm so small of writing. JRT14, I think, um, says, yes, I've read parts of it. I used to read Psalms and Proverbs daily. Currently, I listen to the daily readings. There you go. Yeah. I like this one. Uh, Obi Zeke says, uh, Mr. Rick, I'm confused. My pastor says he believes the Bible from Genesis to maps, but I can't find maps. <laughs> That's funny. What else you got? Well, Harry says, hmm, let me put it this way. If the Bible were the last book left on the planet, I would rather burn it than read that piece of junk. Oh. So Strong opinion there. Yeah. That's everyone has has a right to their opinion. Russ says, I like to read it for the stories. Dry, yes, but absolutely fascinating content. Can't help but to learn about the um can't help but to learn about the will of God. I hear some genius put it on C D. Always wanted to try listening rather than reading. Maybe that would help people. I, I agree. I think that's yeah. great. And Adam says, I've read Almost the whole Bible and listen to it on CD five times over. Right. That's cool. Melody says all of it and, of course, parts of it many times. I think sure. all of us have certain parts that if we're really discouraged. Really speak to us. Yeah, yeah, that if we're discouraged or sure. something. We and that's another thing to. about the Bible. It's, it's a fascinating book. It's it's one of the only books that you can read and be inspired on a out of the same passage. It's like I call it like an onion. You mm-hmm. peel off one layer, and there's this other layer underneath it that is so yummy, and you just peel it off again. And that's what the Bible is like, is you can read the same scripture or passage or, or chapter um, on, a, on a Monday, and then on a Thursday, read it again, and it speaks to you Get in a, a little bit different, different way. Yeah. Because, because I believe the Bible is really a living type mm-hmm. of word. In other words, God, combined with the Holy Spirit in our lives, I believe that the Bible comes to life and speaks to us. Now, you can get all weird about it, but that's... Okay, we have a few more um, here on Facebook. Um, Lori says, all of it 15 times, still don't know it. I thought in, that... Yeah, that's an interesting insight, because it is true. You can read it and read it and read it and still find things in it. Mm-hmm. Joy says, yes, I've read part of it. Um, and then she goes on to say a prayer request. So um, I'll go on to the next one. Calvin says, definitely, all of the Bible, including the hard bits in Jewish scripture. He means the Old Testament. And it says, it's one of the reasons I'm no longer a believer, in fact. so Interesting. So for him, he didn't look at it the way I do about it's God's love, love letter. He looked at it more of uh, something that turned him off. Yeah. Which, you know, there are parts. I have to say there's parts of the Old Testament that if you don't look into the culture and the things going on at the time, they are hard. Yeah. Um, and um, Brandon says most of it, Genesis, Proverbs, Psalms, New Testament, um, and Revelations in a, a good number of times. Um, and then he says, do you remember the night when we had Bible Millionaire? Yep. It was the only night James Retz and I ever won anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. He's referring to when we were youth pastoring and we did the whole game show, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? And I with said, Who Bible. Wants to Be a Man of God? And yeah. or a person but of God. I think you did the game with the music. Yeah, we had the music and the lights and, and the whole schmear. Had really questions. Yeah, I don't think we gave away a million dollars. No, no. <laughs> so we didn't have it, but we probably had some yeah. cute. Prizes. Is that everything or is there any more? I have like four more. You've got a lot of responses. And we've I'll, got to wrap up. We're, we've gone too I'll, long. I'll try to go quickly um daniel says i re- i read it every morning as my daily devotions usually a chapter more depending on my morning 
Pauletta says, I think I've read all of it. Never went from cover to the end. I think I'll do this that this year and read from the beginning to the end. Good idea. Troy said, I read it from cover to cover in 60 days after I got saved. Many times since then. I go for depth nowadays. It um, is as deep as it is wide. Oh, that's good insight. Mm-hmm. And Timothy says, I've read parts. It's one of my goal to read all of it someday. Cool. Yeah. You know what I think would be fun? Because our discussion is really it got kind of long on this one. Yeah. Why don't we extend that till next week? We'll do a part two, but let's talk about some of our favorite scriptures and why. We can cover some other facts about the Bible as well. Yeah, we barely touched the surface. We of... really did. I, I don't know. It's a it's a big subject. And mm-hmm. I don't you know, we're not trying to put anybody off, but there are lots of people have lots of honest questions about the Bible. If you have a particular question that you want answered, email them to us. Mm-hmm. Rick at takingwithyou.com. That's Rick at takingwithyou.com. And email it to us, and we'll try to cover that on the podcast if yeah. we can. Uh, the way that it works, we put this out. You know, we record like a few days before it comes out. So um, as soon as you hear this, if you have a question, and I'll put it out on Facebook and stuff like that. If you have a question, send it to us, and we'll try to cover some of them. I think that would be kind of fun. Mm-hmm. That we didn't answer on this program. Yeah. Again, we want to highly recommend gotquestions.org. Um, it has so much rich, great answers to everything that you could even imagine. It's called www.gotquestions.org. And it's it covers everything biblical that you could think of. And has some pretty extensive research on it. And it's very a lot better than us yakking back and forth. If you really if you seriously have some questions. They've got some answers there that that will really help you. And yeah, I think you're going to put a link on there from our website too. If yes, you can't remember, I sure will. So uh, great! Uh, thank you everybody for your comments. We really appreciate them, and uh, we hope that you've learned a little bit more about the good book. Yep. And uh, next week we'll cover good book part two, and we'll talk about some of our favorite scriptures and answer your questions, and uh, then we'll be done with this series. It should be fun. Thanks, Amy, for everything. You're welcome, dear. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much that you have given us um, insight into your book. God, we pray that as we we read it and we study it and we look at it, that you would open our heart towards everything you have for our lives. Help us to understand it. uh, Help us to know it better. And uh, help us, God, to uh, be a reflection of you here on this planet. That's our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Are you yawning over there? I was. My wife was yawning. I'm sorry. You can Boring yawn. prayers, huh? No, I just, I guess I only had one cup of tea this morning. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I need to get another. <laughs> well, thanks everybody. Sorry it went a little long today, but uh, we tried to rope that in. I'm going to end the podcast with a song called um, Basic Instructions Before Leaving Earth. That's an acronym for Bible. Bible. Basic Instructions, B I. B-L-E, before leaving earth. And uh, we'll let that take you out. And uh, bless you. Have an incredible day. We love you. And we'll see you next week on Take Him With You. Take Him With You is a Moyer Multimedia LLC production. Copyright 2010. All rights reserved. Here's the band Burlap to Cashmere with the song Basic Instructions. See you next week. Basic Instructions. Before leaving Earth.